Hello and welcome to this week's Three Shifts edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's February 5th, 2021. I'm Eric Thompson, and here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, Jeff Bezos steps back. What's next for Amazon? Two, Google and Amazon struggle to make video games that people want to play. And three, ExxonMobil's $3 billion carbon capture business unit. Shift one, Jeff Bezos steps back. What's next for Amazon? On Tuesday, Amazon sent shockwaves through the business world when it announced before its Q4 2020 earnings call that Jeff Bezos, who founded Amazon in 1994, would step down as CEO in Q3 of this year. Andy Jassy, who has been with Amazon since 1997 and has led the Amazon Web Services AWS Cloud Division since its inception in 2003, will be taking over the CEO role. Bezos will transition to executive chair of the Amazon board, a role which, unlike an independent non-executive chairman, includes some operational responsibilities. In his letter to employees, Bezos indicated that in this role, he will, quote, focus his energies and attention on new products and early initiatives, end quote. Bezos also plans to spend more time on his passions, such as the Day One Fund, a $2 billion fund focused on homelessness and early education launched in 2018, the Bezos Earth Fund, a $10 billion fund to combat climate change launched in 2020, space company Blue Origin, which Bezos has called his quote-unquote most important work, and the Washington Post, which is undertaking a major global expansion. Andy Jassy, the current CEO of the $45 billion AWS business, has long been considered a likely choice to be Bezos' successor. AWS, still the number one public cloud player, has been foundational to Amazon's continued reinvention and technology leadership, and Jassy's appointment is indicative of Amazon's cloud-driven future. In 2020, AWS represented 12% of Amazon revenue, but 59% of its operating income. In many ways, AWS, as both profit center and infrastructure, is the backbone of Amazon's ability to invest in far-ranging initiatives, such as palm readers and cashierless stores, white-label Alexa assistants, custom apparel, drone delivery, wellness bans, and direct-to-consumer pharmacy. Jassy is an Amazon employee of long tenure, who has worked closely with Bezos and has led AWS with a high degree of autonomy. He is known to be similar to Bezos in his data-driven first principles thinking and attention to detail. Given that, and the fact that Bezos will remain involved in most of Amazon's big decisions, many are wondering how much will actually change. AWS, already important to Amazon, will likely become even more strategically central to its business. Amazon may tilt more towards the B2B and enterprise side of its business, including investing in the AWS sales organization to capture more large enterprises and fend off Microsoft Azure. Businesses and big opportunity areas that leverage AWS's strengths, such as healthcare, edge computing in conjunction with 5G, cloud gaming, and vehicle connectivity, could get even more investment. However, Jassy has generally been more build rather than buy, which means we're not likely to see a torrid pace of acquisitions. Amazon is facing some of its toughest challenges to date, with multiple antitrust suits brewing and cracks emerging in its third-party seller marketplace model. Jassy, who Kara Swisher has called, quote, polite but firm, reasonable but relentless, end quote, may be better suited to be the face of Amazon than Bezos as it navigates this tricky minefield. 
He brings both his background selling to large AWS customers and playing hardball against competitors. Not to mention his experience in answering tough questions about how AWS customers use its products. It remains to be seen as to whether Jassy will be too busy keeping the ship afloat and heading in the right direction to enact the kind of dramatic, bold moves that have marked Bezos' career. That said, new CEOs tend to want to put their stamp on the company's legacy. Bob Iger, for instance, started out as the unexciting internal promotion, until he acquired Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and 21st Century Fox. Looks like it's day one at Amazon again, after all. To read more content related to Amazon, check out our January 29th, 2021, Three Shifts edition, Amazon's Freight Partner Program and its tightening grip on delivery. In our November 11th, 2019 brief, why Amazon's recent challenges are rooted in its business model. Shift 2. Google and Amazon struggle to make video games that people want to play. This week, Google announced that it was shutting down its first-party game studios dedicated to creating exclusive titles for a Stadia cloud gaming service. Google had previously revealed the first Stadia Games and Entertainment, SG&E Studio, in Montreal in March 2019, ahead of Stadia's November 2019 launch. The Montreal studio was expanded in December 2019 with the acquisition of Typhoon Studios, and a second studio was added in Los Angeles in March 2020. Now both studios, neither of which have ever released a game, are being closed, impacting about 150 people. In the announcement, Google Stadia's vice president and GM, Phil Harrison, cited cost as the main contributor to SG&E's closing, saying, quote, Creating best-in-class games from the ground up takes many years and significant investment, and the cost is going up exponentially, end quote. So rather than develop games in-house, Google will focus on providing a platform for game developers and publishers. It currently has about 100 third-party games on Stadia. It also plans on serving industry partners seeking a gaming solution built on Stadia's infrastructure and tools. Google Stadia has underperformed since its launch, largely due to a limited catalog of content and exclusives, difficulty in attracting publishers, and a confusing pricing model. From the beginning, Stadia sought to operate in the high-end AAA game space. Its promising cloud gaming technology was built to stream high-end games on low-end hardware. Unfortunately, High-end AAA games can cost 60 to $80 million to develop and bring to market, and not every game is a hit. Google has lately shown a reduced appetite for long-horizon investments, recently shutting down the Loon Internet Balloon Project. SG&E's near-term planned games in the pipeline are still expected to be released, though there will be no further investment in exclusive first-party content. Without high-quality exclusive content, Stadia is likely to struggle for differentiation as a game streaming platform. Google's struggles in gaming mirror those of Amazon, which has its own cloud gaming service called Luna, currently in early access as of September 2020. In May 2020, Amazon Game Studios, a $500 million per year operation, launched its first major game, a multiplayer shooter called Crucible that the studio had been working on since 2016. Within six weeks, however, Crucible was pulled back into a closed beta following poor reviews and ultimately shut down in October 2020. Big-budget game New World, expected to be released this spring, has had its own challenges with pandemic-related delays and accusations of racism. Despite this, Amazon's incoming CEO Andy Jassy has said he is committed to making video games. In the world of AAA video games, 
As with video streaming and podcasting, exclusive high-quality content is king, and the owners of the most popular games have enormous negotiating clout. For major public cloud players with cloud gaming ambitions like Amazon, Google, and Microsoft, there are a few discrete paths. They can invest massive sums over an extended time horizon to become AAA game publishers themselves, which Microsoft has already done and Amazon is trying to do. They can focus on just providing the cloud gaming infrastructure, which Google seems to be steering towards with Stadia, or they can try to partner with leading game developers, though exclusives will be expensive and non-exclusives won't be differentiated. Making a top AAA multiplayer video game can be akin to making both a big-budget movie and multi-user software platform in one product. It's incredibly hard to do, even with the kind of money that big tech firms have. Given how lucrative the video game industry is, especially with digital distribution, game developers with a proven track record have significant leverage. Work environment can be as important as salary. Many game developers who joined Amazon reportedly clashed with the organization's data-driven corporate culture. Those who went out will be the ones with long-horizon commitment, as well as big pocketbooks. To read more content related to cloud gaming, check out our October 2nd, 2020, Three Shifts edition, Microsoft and Amazon Push Forward on Cloud Gaming. And our November 5th, 2019 brief, Google Stadia, will cloud gaming finally become a big business? Shift 3. ExxonMobil's $3 billion investment in carbon capture. This week, ExxonMobil announced it was investing $3 billion through 2025 in a new low-carbon solutions business unit dedicated to commercializing lower-emission energy technologies. The business unit will primarily focus on carbon capture and storage, CCS, technologies that capture CO2 emissions from industrial activity or the air and inject them into, quote, deep geologic formations for safe, secure, and permanent storage, end quote. The new unit is evaluating 20-plus CCS projects, not all new, across the U.S., Netherlands, Belgium, Scotland, Singapore, and Qatar. ExxonMobil's R&D division has been investing in CCS technologies for over 30 years. It holds equity stakes in 20% of global CO2 capture capacity and represents 40% of all the captured CO2 from human sources globally. It currently has carbon capture capacity of 9 million tons of carbon capture each year in the U.S., Australia, and Qatar. 7 million tons, about 80%, of which is captured at its Labarge, Wyoming facility. At Labarge, ExxonMobil pumps up carbon dioxide, CO2, as a byproduct along with the natural gas and helium it needs. CO2 not used by ExxonMobil is sold to other oil and gas companies to be pumped into oil and gas reservoirs and create pressure to extract more fossil fuels known as Enhanced Oil Recovery, or EOR. When the CO2 is injected underground, 90-95% of it stays there. EOR is the only large-scale industrial use for CO2, and the only carbon capture industry today of scale that makes a profit. However, while EOR can reduce the carbon intensity of oil, it also subsidizes the production of oil. ExxonMobil had previously shelved a $260 million project to expand Labarge's CCS capacity though a limited expansion of Labarge is now being considered as part of the low-carbon solutions investment. Through most of 2020, as oil and gas majors Total, BP, and Shell came forward to declare their ambitions to reach net-zero emissions by 2050, ExxonMobil was noticeably quiet. Finally, in December 2020, ExxonMobil declared it would decrease operated upstream greenhouse gas emissions, 
scope 1 and 2 direct emissions, by 15-20% to compared to 2016 levels by 2025. Scope 3 indirect emissions, the largest category, which includes fossil fuel burning cars, were not included. ExxonMobil's carbon impact would be five times larger if they were. ExxonMobil's investment in the Low Carbon Solutions Unit comes as the company is facing a reckoning with the direction of its business. In 2020, ExxonMobil lost over $22 billion and was faced with pressure from activist investors to take action against climate change. In response, the company is considering a board shakeup that may include the addition of activist investors. Carbon capture and removal seems to be the best hope for reversing the trajectory of global temperatures to below the Paris Agreement's 1.5 degrees Celsius target increase. However, all of the world's carbon capture facilities today can negate just 0.1% of all emissions in the world. To get below the target increase, companies will have to diversify beyond low-tech CO2 removal tactics, like planting trees and other land-intensive operations, and develop new solutions. To read more content related to sustainability and climate action, check out our January 29th, 2021, Three Shifts edition, Sustainability Comes to the Federal Vehicle Fleet in Boeing Airplanes, and our February 26th, 2020 brief, Billions in Climate Funding from Bezos, Microsoft, KKR, and others. Why now? That's it for this week's Three Shifts edition. If you'd like to read more content and you're not already subscribed, head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the Three Shifts edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on messaging platforms, their trajectory, and their privacy implications. And talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts edition.